Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm excited about our guest today. I know you're going to receive a ton of value from our guest today because I receive a ton of value uh, every time I get chance to talk to him. Always leave away, uh, walk away encouraged and motivated and really someone, I I guess we met probably a a couple months ago and he reached out to me and I'm just glad uh, really to get the opportunity to get to know him. He's an entrepreneur. I think he's an innovator and you can tell he truly, truly cares uh, about other people. And, you know, a lot of people can say that, but our guest today I see him actually taking action on some of that things he's giving back and doing in our community. I think it's an awesome thing. So uh, today I want to welcome Sean King to the podcast. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I know it's kind of the power of Facebook. I feel like I knew you before we even sat down and went to lunch that day. It's just learning what you do and how you do it. And the people, we had some mutual friends in common. And so um, just a power of learning about people even through a kind of a virtual world we're in now so yeah you know it, it you know social media gets a lot of flack and, and there's good reason to but um man there, there's some power in that you're connected to pretty much anybody and you can learn anything you want to and uh connect with people too so there's some power in that so uh yeah. kicking us off today uh sean there's a question i always like to ask because the podcast is called principles and one of our goals is really to encourage, motivate, and inspire other people through stories. And we all have these values and principles we live by. So what, what are some of your core values and principles that you personally try to live out? Yeah, you know, Corey, I was blessed. I worked for a company that believed in uh, personal development. And in 1994, no, excuse me, 2004, I was sent to a class, uh, the Stephen Covey's uh, class on um, seven habits of highly effective people. And although I don't remember over those three days of content, what really all we talked about, but the one thing that came out of that was we developed our personal mission statement. And it took some time, uh, several hours of brainstorming. But what came out of that is something I've tried to live my life by the last you know, 16 years or so, and that's this, that I want to positively uh, encourage every person that I come in contact with by promoting hope and encouragement. And so, you know, my life is lived by that. Um, and that's, again, when you, when you put that down on paper and that's what you say, it's kind of like saying, I want to be the healthiest person in the world. You're going to be less, uh, have less opportunity to put junk food in when you're like that. So I try to live that way. Don't always achieve it. Uh, but that's kind of my life's mission statement, if you will. And I love that. You know, uh, John Maxwell talks about people are like elevators. You know, you can bring people up or, and there's some folks that just bring people down. And, uh, and I love that positive. You want to positively encourage every person you interact with. And, you know, I'm sure sometimes we all miss the mark on that, but man, if that's what you're striving, you're keeping that forefront of mind that, that affects every interaction. Man, that's, that's awesome. I love that. So good stuff, Sean. So Sean, like I said, is an entrepreneur but Sean, tell us a little bit about your background. Share with us your story. How did you get to where you are now? Uh, well, let's see. I was born and raised in Westmore, Louisiana, the northeast part. And for there, my whole life, for 35 years, that's where I stayed. And then I had a company that I worked for in the pharmaceutical industry that uh, had an opportunity to go into management and move to Georgia. Uh, from Georgia, I moved up 
back to closer home, South Haven, Mississippi, and that's what got me to Mississippi at the time. And so um, had an opportunity in about six years, seven years ago to be approached about a potential opportunity to own my own business. And so although my background is all in finance, um, I was in banking and investments for about 13 years and pharmaceuticals for 14. I kind of feel like I've come back full circle into the financial arena again now as a State Farm agent. And for me, it's, uh, it's always been about people and what I can do to help people in whatever I'm in. And so um, I, I, we, you know, somebody asked me, you know, not so long ago again, why'd you come to Tupelo? And the question is, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I say that uh, kind of tongue in cheek. This was never a place on the radar uh, for that. Uh, but we had an opportunity to be, stay close to where I'm from. My parents were willing to move to where I was going to be, wherever that would be, Tupelo or wherever. And my wife's uh, family lived here in Tupelo. And so we made a home. Uh, this is a fantastic place to raise a family. And so for us, it's it's the home we have. You know, somebody said you, you grow where you're planted, right? And so here we are um, five years later and making a career and a new business out of the situation. My wife is a uh, at-home mom, uh, works out of the house. And uh, between the two of us, we have five children. So we certainly have a big why uh, to do what we do. And I've got children ranging in age from 21 down to two. So uh, that's a, that has a lot of challenges and, and uh, blessings in itself as well. So that's a little bit of background there, I guess. Yeah, that's great, man. And you and I had this conversation about um, not really why moving back to Tupelo. I mean, we were the same way, right? It, uh, we felt really drawn to move back to Tupelo, Mississippi. And I don't know how many people I've talked to over the last few months that are the same way. So you and I are both person, uh, people of faith, and I, I really feel like God's about to do something incredible in our community. And um, anyway, that, that could be a long conversation in of itself. But I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you're very people-oriented. Um, is that something that was instilled into you when you were young, or, or, or did you grow into that? Yeah, so my dad retired in banking. He was in banking for over 30 years and he never ever met a stranger. Um, I always as a joke say if my dad was in a commissionable sales job, I'd be living on a trust fund right now. He just is that good about relating to other people. And so that's just kind of in my DNA. That's who I grew up. You know, I'd rather hang out with adults, you know, and listen to what they had to say. And so I think that's just part of who I am. Uh, I certainly developed that. Uh, maybe that's why I got C's in conduct in school because I talked all the time, you know, so you kind of get it naturally. But um, I'm just interested. You know, I used to say that the show Survivor that's still going on now, 20 seasons later, I would have gone on the show not to win a million, just to hang out with 16 other people for 39 days and find out what makes them tick. Like I love just trying to get inside the head and understand other people. I, I guess it's just how God created me, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, I can relate to that, man. I, <laughs> I really can. I just love people's stories. And like you said, what makes them tick and you can learn, I guess, one, I love hearing people's stories, but man, you're always digging nuggets and lessons you can learn from anybody. Um, you know, Earl Nightingale's famous for saying, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think it's so important that we try to surround ourselves, not to exclude ourselves, right? I mean, you know, Jesus was hung out among the thieves and prostitutes, but you, you, you have to be, you have to be able to relate to all people, 
but it's so important to surround yourself with people that, as you said earlier, lift you up, right? Um, and, and that's why I was, I really wanted to try to get to know you and so many other great people around here to find out how we can make this area that we call home now, you know, a better place, so. That's good stuff. You know, that quote you mentioned, you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. I, I heard a kind of a modification of that. Your bank account will mm -hmm. be the average of the five people you hang around with the most. And you think about that. I mean, you, you think about that, your mindsets are all probably the same. You, you go out to eat, you probably eat same kind of food. If you're eating with five people you hang out with, they're healthy mindset of people, or you're probably going to get the salad. If not, you eat the cheeseburger. We're probably your financial habits are probably very similar as well. So that's I probably believe in that. And I think that just to dovetail on that, that's why it's so important to figure out what you want in life. Like what is your aim? And then to find those people who are successful in that lane or related to that lane that you're in. And then go sit down and break bread. People want to give back. People want to share intuitively. That's just how God designed us. And so I think success leaves clues. So go find people that you want to be like or emulate part of. Spend time with them. They're willing to give back and tell you what they've done to be successful. Yeah. You know, and for a long time, I, I used to think um, people like that wouldn't give me the time or the day. But as, as I've grown, I found that exactly what you said, people who are successful, they want to give back. They're, they, I mean, if they're truly successful, uh, they want to give information. They, they will give you the time of day. And um, that's good stuff. I want to call attention real quick. Um, I just noticed that the painting that is behind you, I, that, there was a drawing. I can remember that 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 really um, really made an impact on me. Probably when I was in middle school, high school, somewhere I, I was younger. I remember seeing a drawing like that with the turtle on the fence post. And I, I was just staring at it, and I think it was my teacher came up to me and said, "You know, he didn't get up there by himself." And that's all they said. And I, I just really thought, thought on that. And, you know, as, as you probably know, and you can probably finish it out if you want to, but why, why that picture? Yeah, well, first of all, I had a pastor one time who was a great friend and um, actually left, went down to First Baptist Orlando, but he preached a sermon about how we get through this world with the help of a lot of other people. And we think, some people think, no, I'm alone or I don't need anybody. At the end of the day, you need somebody. You need somebody to take your change at the convenience store for your gas. You need somebody to, you know, help you out at Lowe's when you go to get a hardware. So we get through the world with a lot of help with other people. And that's a mantra that I live by. You know, I created note cards that we send them out to people on the back of it. You know, I, I have my throw on it's just a philosophy to remind me, like, I don't do it on my own. I am so blessed to have two ladies in my office who absolutely are the epitome of what I want to create. Caring about other people, treating people like a person, not a policy number, giving back, doing more, following up. Like, we have to have people help us. And those two ladies help make my dream. I, I got to give credit to my wife. I'm blessed. She's an artist, and she is always creating. Sometimes it's creating a painting. Sometimes it's just changing around the furniture in our house 25 times a year, but it's all her, her life is her canvas. Um, and so that is a painting she did. I'm so blessed. And, and I want people to ask me what you've done or, or talk about. And I want to explain to them that that's just, a, again, a way that I can kind of encourage other people what's about and help other people, not just ourselves. So. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. And we do need people, right? We, we need people. And, um, Go along with what you said, the two ladies that you have there are really are awesome. Um, I, I see them out and about and they, 
and they care just as much as you do. And here's what I found, right, is, is we teach this in leadership is you don't attract what you want, you attract who you are. So, so people that have that heart that you're wanting, you've attracted that, man, and, and, and you attract who you are. So you've attracted people like that to your team. So that, that's, that's really powerful. So, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of want to dig back into going into jumping into entrepreneurship. Has that been something that you've always kind of thought about yourself or did, did an opportunity just the door open and said, hey, I see an opportunity, I'm jumping in? Yeah, um, my whole life I've always wanted to own my own business or be a true. And I think there's a difference between being a business owner and an entrepreneur. Um, I think an entrepreneur is more of a, they create their own world. Uh, they create, there, there's no fine lines drawn and they have to create maybe a product or service. Whereas a business owner can take a concept that's already there and just apply it. I feel like I'm an entrepreneur trapped in the State Farm agent's body. Um, that's not a bad thing, um, but I do love the fact of, you know, being creative and innovative with inside of State Farm's guidelines and such. But I have always wanted to be a business owner. Um, I've always wanted to be somebody creative. I remember meeting with a couple of friends who were like-minded and entrepreneurial back 25 years ago in the journals um, that I've been writing and, and about what I wanted to do. And it was always to have a, a product. Now I'm not doing a product as a service really uh, uh, or an intangible product, if you will. But I've always wanted to have something that I can create to utilize my marketing skills, to um, you know, to be rewarded for my efforts, and that certainly is more of a sales component side of things. But uh, entrepreneurial's been in my blood. I love that. I got tons of books that I read about it, and so I'm always um, I talk to people about their business and how they do it, what they do, and just learn as well. So, yeah. You, you, you mentioned journaling, and I think as you get into leadership and personal growth, you, you hear more and more people journaling. I used to think of schoolgirls journaling, you know? Sure, yeah, diaries, right. But, but as you grow, you, you hear more and more successful people doing that. What has journaling done for you, or how has that helped you? Well, let me tell you how it started. Um, so my parents went through a rough patch back uh, when I was late in college, and you know, they don't mind saying they were separated for a period of time until uh, they reconciled. And, and um, I'm very blessed the Lord rescued that marriage. And uh, there was a counselor who I went with them on who suggested that during this trying time, she start journaling. Uh, and that's what kind of it bore out. It was just to kind of get my thoughts out at the time. Uh, thankfully, I kept that up 25 years later. And uh, I don't know what it'll be worth one day um, to my children. But I just pray they can go back one day and look at, you know, March 26th in, you know, 1997 and see my thoughts. See my thoughts about what I failed at, what I want to be better at, what I thought I did good at on different days. But really get to know their dad from a more deeper level. Um, I don't plan to be anybody famous, you know, uh, that those will be worth anything one day. But I tell you, it is one of the best things I do because it gets my thoughts out of my head when I'm frustrated I can write things down, and it's just that act. I mean, all experts can tell you, psychologists, that journaling is one of the best things. But it's also a concept where you can go back and see your improvement over time as well. And there will be times where I go back and I do look at a couple of years ago what I was thinking and what I said and what I do differently. I cannot tell you the value, the massive value out of journaling. I encourage you, wherever you are, start now um, and, and keep it going. So. Yeah. Do you have like a, a rhythm that you go with or you do it daily or what do you do? 
Yeah, so I would love to tell you it's every day. Um, a lot of that depends on the time that I have. What I have changed my methodology to is, I've done this now for about a year and a half maybe, is I start off with three things I'm, I'm grateful for. One thing is I try to, the first thing is try to be something really, really uh, special that I'm grateful for. But the third thing I list could be, I'm grateful that I have air to breathe. Something very simple and something I take for granted because that's another thing I was taught is there's so many things we're blessed about. We're always thinking what we don't have, we, what we lack. But there's so much abundance. And I forget that, Corey. Like I need people like you remind me when we get together, man, hey, you're blessed, you know? And so, but anyway, three things that I'm grateful for. And then I go to writing. It may be something that happened in occurrence. It may be a thought that I have that I want to resonate. It may be a verse the Lord put on my heart that day that I write down and then kind of what I think about that. Um, it, it, but that's kind of my structure, if you will. It could be one sentence. It could be two pages. It could be questions that I want to ask later on. It's just really getting what's in my head out on paper. Yeah, man, that is good stuff. And I, I've been doing it too for a, a good long time. And, you know, I was just doing it the other day. I've got a stack of them over there. Yeah. And I went back to last year, the, the date from, you know, whatever day it was a year ago. And sometimes it's like you said, it's amazing at what were you, you the things you were thinking about at that time. It was like, wonder why I was focused on that when it wasn't that big of a deal. And then there's other times you write things out. And it's like, wow, that actually came out like, you know, it's an idea. And he's like, wow, God bless that. Or, or there's a prayer that you've got down there. And it's like, wow, you know, God truly blessed that and actually showed up more than what my prayer is saying here, man, it, it is. And um, I wonder for a while why it was so powerful. And, and here's my conclusion. Here's my conclusion, Sean, right? Yeah, let me hear it. Let me hear it. And, and maybe you can add to this, but, you know, <clears throat> thinking is energy, right? And energy can't be created or destroyed. And if you just got it up there, it's just this kind of vague um, stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But if you release that, and if you release it out, man, that, that's where creative uh, juices flow is when you release that power or that energy and you, you just put it on paper. And I know a lot of people like to type, but man, there is something powerful when you take the pen yeah. to the paper and uh, it's just, you release that built up energy in there. And um, man, who knows what one idea, right? Yeah, and I, I will add to that. So yes, first of all, and I love being tactile. So I love pens. I'm a little bit OCD, so I have colored pens. So <laughs> I even rotate every other day with a different color. So that way it kind of stands out. But I love, I can make a drawing, I could illustrate or whatever. Um, but you said something really important. It's about taking that energy that you have and putting it out on paper because releasing that energy is positive. Also, I love breaking bread with people, figuratively, whether sitting down with coffee or wherever we are exchanging ideas. You know, there's a concept, if I remember right in college, it was talking about M1 and M2, which is the velocity of turnover of money. So if every one of us, we kind of proved that with COVID, stops spending money and doesn't go anywhere and just saves money, we'll come to a crashing halt, right? We're still making the same money, but we're not spending it. You have to spend the money to help create wealth, to help whatever. It's the same thing with ideas and exchanging. The more I sit down with the Corey Lees of the world and others and just talk about your world, what's going on, maybe I have one idea and a nugget that goes, man, that's awesome, I'm gonna take action on that. You give me an idea. The more I do that with others, it is amazing the power of that. One of us is gonna be blessed, if not both of us, every single time. And so I wanna spend my life trying to get down with, spend time with like-minded people and get those ideas not only out of my head, in the paper, but also exchange those with one another because that also 
helps me become a better person. So, yeah, that's good stuff. And you know, you and I both, I think, are natural connectors because we like people. But what about that person that, um, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about just a little bit ago? That um, I don't, I don't know people like that. I want to move up, but I don't know people like that. And I want to start connecting with them. And maybe they jumped out there to reach out to somebody that may have some success and they want to learn from them. What advice would you give going into that conversation? Anything you would kind of to give to set them up? Well, I tell you, you know, for a long time, I grew up in a church and it was a church I knew. I didn't really know what it's like to be a visitor because I went to that church all the time. But when I moved to Georgia and then moved to South Haven, that's where I became uncomfortable. It's very hard to show up at church kind of cold, right? And so, but usually you get, you go to church maybe with somebody that's your neighbor or somebody you go to work with. I would say that person who doesn't want to reach out to somebody or whatever, maybe start with somebody you know close and just say, hey, this is what I would like to know or work with or find or meet or whatever and see if they can help you be that bridge. Maybe not to jump cold out there and find yourself, but maybe find that bridge of commonality with one person that's close to you and then to find that new person and grow from there. But I, you're going to have to put yourself out there with somebody. Uh, there's just no other way around. If you truly desire to kind of meet and develop and learn and associate, I think that's the thing, Corey, that, you know, COVID, the, the, the whatever you want to call about this issue, issue we've had, disease and illness and death out of that, one of the biggest other issues is this separation thing. We were created for fellowship, and it's forced us in a virtual world to fellowship, which is not the way we like to do it. We want to be face-to-face -face with people. And so you're just going to have to – you're going to have to put yourself out there a little bit, whether it's just somebody you know initially who knows other people or maybe even go cold at it. You have to, you have to be uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, that's good. It goes back to exactly what you were talking about earlier, that we all need somebody, right? We need people. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um, I've heard John talk about, John Maxwell, when he was coming up in pastor, he started pastoring churches, and, you know, he only had like 10 people at his church at one time, but one of his goals was to have, you know, one of the largest churches in America. So what he did was he looked up who had the largest churches in America, and he sent them a male at that time and said, Hey, um, I, I would like to come learn from you. If I drive out to you, will you sit down and have lunch with me? And he came prepared. Like he had questions and, and, you know, so I think it's, it's important too. If, if you're reaching out to somebody at a higher level is man, if you come prepared, uh, that, that, that means a lot to them. You don't have to be weird with a notepad if you don't want to be, but you know, be respectful of their time too. Let, let me say this, Corey, here. I think, well, I think we back up one more challenge. It's not, I don't think the issue is people reaching out. That's challenging enough. I don't think we stop long enough to say, what do we want? Mm -hmm. As much as I preach self-development and all, all this stuff, like I had to say, I'm working on it right now. What do I want my agency to be like? I have to figure out from a vision standpoint what I'm looking at before I even go and say, who can help me with this? And I think we all are living our lives. In fact, I'm, I'm doing a small group this Sunday that's talking about the game of life. What game are you playing? What's your objective? What's a win for you? How do you define a win? You know, and so until we realize that, we don't know who to ask or even which way we're going. It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland. Where are you headed? I don't know. Well, then any way will get you there, right? Um, so I, I think that's the first thing is figure out really what you want in life, whether it's career, marriage, family, finances. Then you can figure out the steps or maybe even the, who, the people uh, to connect with to get you there. Yeah. You know, as I, as I coach people, 
that is the most difficult question for people to answer. And it takes a lot of thought, you know, we, we like the easy answer, but if you can tell me where you want to go, I can help you get there. But, but it is a very difficult question, you know, to, to really dig into where do you want to go? That's a great point. Great the point. second most difficult question you ask, and I'm still trying to answer it for you uh, weeks later, is the why, the why, the five whys, you know, and that is another thing which you do a great job of helping peel back that onion. And that's hard, man. That's hard answer-wise. It is, man. It's, it's tough to go deep, you know. Uh, thinking is probably the hardest work we can do, right? But, <laughs> that's right. But, you know, um, when we know that, we know exactly – kind of kind of don't mean to go seminar mode on on you here i wanted this to be about you but man you you kind of you kind of all in my my wheelhouse of things i love talking about but you know where you want to go it, it makes decision making so much easier once you can figure that out you know you get opportunities that is it a match or is it not a match and anyway you can go from there so yep. before we hopped on you were talking about influence and how important how we all have influence and how you want to help people increase their influence. I, I just want to, a free range right there. Just talk about why that's important to you and, and, and influence. What does that even mean? Yeah. So first of all, let me say this. I grew up and through high school, if any of my high school friends were on this call now, they'd say I was, was a nice guy. Didn't get really get in trouble uh, for what anybody knew. Um, I was just kind of average, you know, uh, AB student, wasn't Mr. West Monroe High School. And, and so I look at my life pre- graduation high school and then after and realized and that's even through college where they realized man yeah I may have been just quote average you know but the influence that I left on the table like all you need to have the influence is to say I'm willing to step out and I'm willing just to help somebody else with whatever skills God's given me right to positively change someone's world and I think I'm just driven by what I left on the table post maybe college graduation and then after that saying hey man I'm just Dude, I moved here five years ago. Like, I'm an LSU fan. You talk about being an outcast in people of <laughs> Mississippi, that, that's a way to be an outcast. So saying that, though, I realized, man, I've got, I've got something I can give back. I don't want to be a bench warmer. Like, God created me. I only got so much time. By the way, my birthday is in 24 days, and I'll be the 5-0. So grateful to have that. But at the end of the day, five knots out of my eight knots that God's given me, are fixing to be down. I got three to go. I got less to go than I do that I've spent. What am I going to do with it? And so for me, influence is taking whatever skills that I have and helping somebody else's world make it a little bit better, whatever that is. It could be just an occur. Heck, it could just be a smile of somebody in the grocery store, right? It could be saying thank you to somebody who last night I didn't get the greatest service at the restaurant we were at. They were overwhelmed but we thanked them, gave them a good tip. I have to think that was influencing them a little bit, right? They didn't expect it probably, but we were just like, hey, it's okay. You're, you're doing a great job, you know? Um, and, and ultimately influence is gonna cost us something. And generally it's always gonna cost us time, if not maybe money. But gosh, dog it, man, you only got so much time. You better take advantage of it, you know, while you have it, so. Yeah, man, that is powerful. That is really good. And anybody listening to that, you probably want to go back and, and, and rewind that. Uh, Sean threw down some great stuff right there. I, I wrote down, I love the phrase you just said, influence left on the table. Man, that, that's a great question I think we all need to consider is, am I leaving any on the table? Time, talent, gifts, treasure, whatever, am I leaving any of it on the table? And 
you talk about time and that, that's a really powerful thing. I heard a guy say the other day that, you know, his dad is 75 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And if the average male lives to 80, right? Mm -hmm. He's really only got, it's not five years. He's got five Christmases left. He's got five summers wow. left, you know, and man, and you think about perspective with that and then everything you just said right there. And that's, it's pretty powerful, right? I mean, pretty wow. powerful. And you said, yeah. get off the sidelines. That's great. That's yeah. Well, no bench warmers, right? That's the philosophy around here. No bench warmers. Like we don't, yeah. we don't have room for that. So, um, but you know, I got a 90 year old grandmother who's in a nursing home right now. And, you know, she has, you know, my grandfather's long been passed. Um, she's down to one sister. Do you get any friends, you know, and you may say, well, what's your life like? It's every day that I get to talk to her and she reminds me about praying for me. And there's a value in being here. There's a reason why she's still here. I'm trying to give her encouragement to say, hey, there's a reason for that. I, you, you can influence maybe the nurses there at the nursing home. You know, they're, you're, they're helping you, but you, you can influence them. And so, man, we, we got to figure out what's our part, little or, or big uh, in this whole world, you know? Yeah, that's great. Well, Sean, one last question for you, and then I want to allow you an opportunity to tell people about what you do and how they can connect with you. But uh, if you had just one other piece of advice that you wanted to give and share and leave with people, what would that be? I mean, there's so much, but I guess the, the one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, I, I've always been a control freak, Corey. Uh, <laughs> that's my nature. Um, I like that. I live with it. I'm still balancing my checkbook 13, since I was 13. It's just that that's my mentality that's an idol and I have to work on that. Okay. Uh, because there's only one person really in control. We know that, but the verse in Proverbs where it says the Lord may, you know, you may make your plans, but the Lord determines your steps. It's something I've had to continue to remind myself that no matter how much I want to try to write my story. And it's all about casting the vision. It's all about creating your future. And there's a lot that I have to do with that. God's not going to move. He's going to move a moving car easier than a parked car. Okay. We know that. But I also have to realize, like, there's things I can do, and I have to stop at the end of what I can do and trust the Lord for the rest of it. And when I get a curveball thrown my way, that curveball is not by mistake. And I've got to take, you know, there's a book out, I forget the gentleman that wrote it, but it's called Obstacles Away. Obstacle is the way to where we're going. It's those obstacles that make us, you know, better. It's working out and breaking our muscles down and building back up to make us stronger. And so I've, my, my best part of advice would be to accept those things that are challenging in our lives as opportunities. And I got to be honest with you, as much as I'm rah, 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 I struggle with that in my own life. I could build you up easier than I can build myself up. And that's something I'm working on is how to encourage myself and to realize that I can only do so much and I've got to be okay with that. And find the joy in that every day. So. Wow. And that's great stuff. Yeah, it is a whole lot easier to tell other people, uh, right? And, and yeah. motivate them. It's much e much more difficult to say, and for me too, right? Mm, and for absolutely. me too. Sean, man, this has been awesome. Dude, you, you provide a ton of value. And I know you added a lot of value to our listeners and anybody watching on Facebook, uh, Man, go go like Sean's page. Go follow him. He's got some great information. Sean, if anybody wanted to find out about what you do, what you guys, how you can serve them, how they can, how you can help them, yeah. where do they find you? How do they connect with you? Well, I mean, these days, you know, Facebook's the easiest way. You know, I've got a personal page. Certainly, reach out. Uh, it's a friend request, but also Sean King State Farm uh, page as well. 
but I'm easy to find uh, Sean at SeanKingTupelo.com. And I do mean this. Like I had a lady today that said, um, hey, I wish I could send my insurance to you, but I'm going to stay where I'm at. And she, you've helped out a lot. And I just told her, like, my job's to help people, even if you never become a client. I think that, you know, Zig Ziglar once, one time said, if you'll help enough other people get what they want, you'll get everything you want in life. And I believe that. Um, I'm here to help you. I don't have all the resources and I'm sure not the most connected person in this town, but I'm, I'm trying for the rest of my life to realize what influence I can give and to do just that. So call me, um, uh, you can find my office on North Gloucester, Red Door, White Building, very state farm looking, so. Oh, that's good stuff, man. Well, Sean, I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you and guys, hope you have a great day and God bless and make sure you subscribe to Principles with Corey and Logan so you can stay up to date and hear from great people like Sean. And, and Sean, the city of Tupelo is blessed to have you, man. You are definitely giving back and adding value to our community. So I appreciate you. Thank you guys. Y'all have a great day. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And hey, we value your feedback and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?